this podcast episode, I'll be addressing a question submitted to me by a listener. I love this question because it allows me to address what I believe to be one of the contributing factors that is at the core of many parenting challenges. What is this contributing factor that I'm talking about? I'm talking about the art of letting go. Now, to the question. Here is what this parent, Danielle, asked me. I can sense that my girls, ages seven and nine, are ready for more independence. However, I am not quite ready. I struggle with giving up control and prefer to keep them in the safety of my oversight. I am also known to be a perfectionist and have a hard time watching them fail. I know it's important to allow them more freedom. For example, walking to the bus in the morning, riding their bikes in the neighborhood, and learning life skills. But it's hard to let go. How can I come to terms with giving them more freedom in an age-appropriate way while managing my feelings? Stay tuned while I answer Danielle's question in this episode of Awakened Parenting. sharing my own struggle with allowing my children independence and what happened the day I was offered an enlightening perspective. When my perspective changed, when I was able to recognize and understand the concept of letting go, everything changed my parenting experiences for the better. I remember when my husband and I were expecting our first child. I thought we were having a baby. It was 1999 and the language was now beginning to change. Instead of couples announcing that the mom-to-be was expecting, couples were suggesting that they were expecting. However, after our firstborn arrived via C-section and we were home from the hospital, I soon realized that really, the fact of the matter was, I had a baby. In a blink of an eye, my life turned 180 degrees. I went from having complete freedom to come and go as I liked, to feeling very confined to our home. I went from having few limitations in what I could do with my body, to feeling I now shared my body with a hungry little newborn who needed me and my body at least every three hours. To add to the shift of motherhood was the additional discomfort and time it took to heal from a C-section. I remember thinking my whole world had drastically changed as I watched my husband's unaltered, pain-free body leave for work the day after we got home from the hospital. That was the moment I was certain that I had a baby. However, what I also did not realize before motherhood was what a powerful bond I would feel with my child. It is a feeling that can't be described, but any mother who has experienced this knows what I'm talking about. I loved nursing and for the first four months of our daughter's life, I felt so empowered knowing that her only source of food was me. Clearly, she was mine. I remember when I first heard the expression, to have a child is like having a piece of your heart exist outside your body. Now that I was a mother, that felt very true to me. A piece of my heart was outside of my body and I felt very overprotective 
of that little piece of my heart existing outside of me. As our daughter Evie began to crawl and move on her own, it was exciting. It was clearly something to celebrate. Yet at the same time, I felt some sadness and fear as her mobility felt like I was losing my possession in some way. It also meant I needed to have eyes in the back of my head. I felt like I needed to watch her constantly to ensure her safety. When she was about 11 months old, she crawled over to the top of the steps that led down to our front door where the baby gate had been left open and down she rolled. I remember the sheer panic as I ran to the bottom of the steps to pick her up and then the instant self-sabotaging thoughts of what mother would ever leave a baby gate opened. She was fine, but I held her tight for some time, holding on to this piece of me, apologizing to her and reassuring her that I would keep her safe. After all, she was mine. Then our son arrived and the same feelings of possessiveness and ownership aroused in me. He was another piece of my heart existing outside of me. It felt like every piece of him was also mine. Our third child, Olivia, went into severe respiratory distress not long after she was born. She was airlifted by ambulance to a larger hospital in a city an hour away. Having a child in this state of distress made me acutely aware of how quickly we can lose our children. She was another piece of my heart outside of me, and I was suddenly deeply shaken over the reality that once this piece leaves my body, I can no longer be in complete control of what happens. What a profound and troubling realization. Almost losing our baby rocked my world and cracked an outer emotional shell around me. I suddenly saw the world differently. I felt like this experience meant I was to live my life at a slower pace with more gratitude for even the little things in life. However, once we were home from the hospital, it didn't seem to take long for my world to go back to a whirlwind of busyness. I was busy being busy, taking care of my prized possessions, keeping them close under my protective wings, because after all, they were mine. When our fourth child arrived, she too went into respiratory distress and was transferred to a higher level of care. Once again, I was reminded of how in an instant our lives can change. I was reminded that there are no guarantees. After our fourth child, Grace, was fully recovered and we were home, I felt an even stronger sense of protectiveness. Another piece of my heart existed outside of me. In 2008, I joined some friends in Toronto for something called the Hay House Conference. It was a weekend-long event of well-known authors from Hay House Publishers who wrote on various self-help topics. Several of my favorite authors were scheduled to speak. Louise Hay, the founder of the event and the author of several books, her most famous one entitled You Can Heal Your Life, was there to open the event. I was thrilled to get my photo taken with her. Another one of my favorite authors who was scheduled to speak was Wayne Dyer. I was very excited about the chance to hear him speak in person. I remember sitting in the audience, along with a few thousand other people, with my notebook and pen in hand, 
I was ready to write down as much wisdom as I could. I wrote down several points, most of which I had already read in his books or heard him say on an audio recording I listened to while driving. Then he said something that made me put my pen down in shock. As he was sharing stories of his experience of being a father of eight children, he said, Your children are not yours. You don't own them. You never did. They are life manifesting itself through you. I remember I felt so stunned and so moved by his words. What? But clearly they were mine, right? I was certain they were. They were four pieces of my heart walking outside of me. Clearly they were mine. My head struggled to process what he was saying, yet emotions were coming up and I was confused why I started crying. It felt like my body was overwhelmingly relieved with hearing these words and tears were releasing my stored up exhaustion from the constant controlling and protectiveness of my possessions. It was like my body was saying, thank God for hearing this powerful truth. I can finally start to let go. But my mind was deeply confused and troubled with my tears. At the time, in my mind, I could still not understand why I was crying. I remember looking around at other audience members as I fumbled with my purse, searching for a tissue. With my head down, I looked discreetly side to side to see if others were crying too. I didn't see any tears or any signs of emotions. I wonder if maybe they didn't hear him, or maybe I didn't hear him right. Through my tears, I wrote what he said down in my notebook. Hearing those words changed me forever. First, the burden and exhaustion of keeping my chicks under my wings suddenly lessened. I could feel the freedom in the letting go, and that was a result of no longer seeing my children as possessions that I had to constantly protect and control. I could feel new energy surge in my veins as trust began to replace worry. I saw them now as human forms of life that I helped bring into the world and that they truly were just passing through. I suddenly felt the short, temporary time I had with them before they would leave me to live their own lives. I hear many parents exhaust themselves with worrying over protecting their children from falling, protecting them from illness, protecting them from accidents, protecting them from strangers and online predators. It's not that I suddenly became negligent about these things. It's that the foundation of my parenting beliefs shifted. I saw my job as not to just protect them, but more importantly, to teach them how to protect themselves. They were no longer mine to keep, but mine in a very temporary sense. I suddenly saw my fundamental goal in parenting was to make myself obsolete. I realized I had about 20 years or so to teach them all that I could to prepare them for their adult years. I decided that by the time they left home, if they truly didn't need me for anything, then I would have done my job at least reasonably well. Secretly, I hoped that they would always want me, but for the most part, my hope was that they would rarely need me once they reached adulthood. So I started saying things to them like, 
I only have 18 years to teach you everything I know. That's not a lot of time, so let's get to it. As I taught them things like how to use the washing machine, meal preparation, or insisting they walk into their music lessons without me walking to the door with them. I have noticed many parents get into arguments with their children over rules. Many parenting challenges come from the belief that there needs to be rules in place in order to control their children and keep them safe. I would invite parents to consider that this need for control might come from a deep-rooted belief, perhaps even at an unconscious level, that your children are yours rather than life manifesting itself through you. There seems to be this paradigm that parents know what is best for their kids. When I opened myself up to no longer seeing my kids as mine, it became such a relief that I did not need to know what was best for them. My job became helping them to discover for themselves what is best for them. How could I possibly be the expert on them when I was not them? They needed to be the expert on themselves, and the sooner they were aware of this, the sooner they could actively make choices for themselves that would be the best for them. I no longer needed to exhaust myself protecting them. Instead, I focused on teaching them how to protect themselves. When we teach our children how to protect and take care of themselves, rules are rarely required. In fact, I can't think of any hard and fast rules we have in our home, except the golden rule. Now, let's go back to Danielle's question. She gave the excellent examples of her children walking to the school bus stop on their own and going on bike rides through the neighborhood without a parent. How do you know what is age appropriate? Yes, there may be common ages children do things within certain cultures and communities. However, my experience has been looking outwards can cause more anxiety than it can relieve. As someone will say, seven is too young. Someone else might say, seven is okay as long as there's an older sibling. And still, someone else might say, nine is too young no matter what. Over the years, when my children have asked me, can I? My common response has been, what do you think? Or, when you imagine yourself doing that without me, how does that feel? Or, what does your spirit say? I would invite them to go within to find the answer rather than me trying to decide for them. If I thought they were not old enough, I would share my concerns. Sometimes the only concern I truly had was worrying about what other parents would think of me for letting them do whatever it is they wanted to do. For example, I remember once pulling up to a Tim Hortons. My two youngest, Olivia and Grace, were with me and we decided we wanted a treat. My ankle was really hurting, so I turned to Olivia and asked if she thought she could go in and buy our treats without me. I assured her I would be right outside looking in at her from the vehicle. Instantly, she said, no way. Then her younger sister, Grace, piped up with loud confidence and said, I can do it. I don't remember the exact ages of the girls at the time. What I clearly remember is thinking Grace was not old enough. Yet, here she was, 
believing with full confidence that she was old enough and that she could do it. She told me all the reasons she could do it, and I believed her. Then I confessed to her that my only reason I didn't want to let her go by herself was my fear of what everyone inside would think. What kind of mother would let this young child go into Tim's by herself to buy donuts? Since my epiphany from Wayne Dyer in 2008, I have made a point of always going within to try to figure out what my upset or reluctance or my no is really about. When I realize the truth, I do my best to share what my painful thoughts and beliefs are to my children so they know my no to them is not really about them and far more about my struggles with letting go. Therefore, we have no set rules or ages for this or for that. We just discuss our concerns as challenges arise. Each offers their insight and wisdom and then we make a decision from there. At the core of my decision is the willingness to let go. Each time they do something with less assistance or independently, we celebrate as I allow them to become more their own person. So, did Grace go into Tim Hortons by herself? No. She did, however, convince me she should be allowed to do it if Olivia went with her. However, Olivia did not share her confidence. Olivia did not think they could do it on their own. I said, well, we could go through the drive through and you can just guess which donut you want, or we can all go in and I'll give you the money and stand back and see how well you can order for yourself. And so that is what we did. While standing in line, doing my best to ignore my sore ankle, I pointed out to Grace all the things she might need to know, what the server might ask, and the approximate change she would get. And then I handed Grace the money and watched her go up to the counter herself in order for all of us and pay. Purchasing food at Tim's might not be high in the rankings of important life skills. However, in that moment, I witnessed and celebrated the gift of letting go. So Danielle, back to your question. How can you come to terms with giving them more freedom in an age-appropriate way while managing your feelings? First of all, I greatly admire your awareness and concerns about your own feelings. Whenever you are struggling with a parenting challenge, always start with yourself. How do you manage your feelings? By checking in with your beliefs. What are your core beliefs when it comes to parenting? How do you see your role as a mother? What are your intentions behind deciding what they can or can't do? This is not about judging your answers as right or wrong, because there is no right or wrong. This is about inviting you to go inward to see what might be triggering those feelings you are trying to manage. For any parents who are wanting to know how to do that, I would invite you to check out my online parenting courses at jillmcpherson.com where I specifically teach parents this skill. Second, invite your children to explore their own thoughts and feelings about things like riding their bikes in the neighborhood without you. Share your concerns and invite them to come up with ideas and plans to prove to you they can do it, they can be trusted. Allow them to come up with solutions to potential problems or concerns that you have that might arise while biking on their own. The same goes with the school bus stop. 
And the same will apply to going out with teenage friends to the movies, driving the car by themselves, or having their first alcoholic beverage. Imagine the difference between a parent that makes decisions from a mindset of holding on, overprotectiveness, perfectionism, possessiveness, or worry, versus a parent whose core beliefs are about teaching, preparing, trusting, and letting go. If letting go becomes the foundation of your parenting paradigm, then many parenting challenges will no longer exist or easily be resolved when they do arise. When the goal becomes creating self-empowered, independent thinkers and decision makers, then it also allows parents to let go of the exhaustion of formulating and enforcing countless rules. And finally, one of Danielle's points in her question was about her struggle with watching them fail. Remember, failure is not bad. It is a form of learning. When we try to prevent them from experiencing failure or rescue our children when they do fail, then we rob them of valuable learning that is required for success and competency in adulthood. Our children are not ours. They never were. They are life manifesting itself through us. Whether that belief resonates with you or not, one thing is for certain. Our children are only ours to care for and teach for a short period of time. In many ways, you could say, while they are with us, they are doing an apprenticeship for adulthood. How well are you preparing your children for the life they will eventually live outside of your home? How well are you doing at letting go? to know more about the art of letting go? Are you wanting more insight on how to manage upsetting feelings that often come up during parenting challenges? Then be sure to check out my online parenting workshops at jillmcpherson.com. I have one for parents of toddlers to young school-age children and another for parents of tweens and teens starting this month, January 2021. I also offer one-to-one support for parents looking for more specific and personal support. Do you have a parenting question that you would like me to answer in my next podcast? Then please email me at jillmcpersonyes at gmail.com or through my website, jillmcpherson.com. Until then, this is Jill McPherson inviting you to join me in awakening to a more peaceful way to parent on Awaken Parenting.